Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaykul. For years, American politicians pressured both the Trump and the Biden administrations to use their diplomatic force to stop a major pipeline connecting Russia with Germany. Subjecting Europe to energy blackmail, making Europe dependent on Putin's gas, and destroying American jobs is bad all around. But on Tuesday, the German chancellor saying his country will indefinitely stop the certification of the pipeline following Russian action on Ukraine. This is very, very important because Nord Stream 2 was set to double. Germany finally decided to stop the nearly finished Nord Stream 2 pipeline following Russia's incursion into Ukraine's eastern provinces. Today, Politico's Josh Siegel on Germany's decision to pause Nord Stream 2 and what Russia's military buildup means for Europe's energy crisis. It's Wednesday, February 23rd. So Josh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has moved troops into two parts of Ukraine, and Germany has responded by pulling the plug on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. How could all of this affect Europe's energy supply? Well, Nord Stream 2 was set to double Russian gas exports to Germany. And we know that it's been awaiting formal approval since last October. So this puts a a pause on that. And I don't think anyone thinks that even if this does mean a permanent stop to Nord Stream 2, which remains to be seen, I don't think that necessarily reduces the urgency of Germany and Europe's efforts to diversify away from Russian gas. So it's not necessarily that because Nord Stream 2 is now on pause that Europe and Germany are safe from this geopolitical problem. But yeah, I mean, even if it was approved, it would have been in the second half of this year is what most analysts say. So it wouldn't have had you know, immediate impact. So while Germany is pulling back on Nord Stream 2 and Europe is sanctioning Russia, Putin has said he wants to continue supplying gas to Europe, which still leaves Europe at the hands of Russia with another month of winter to go. What sort of options have EU leaders discussed? Yeah, so I think for this winter, Europe should be in a okay position. They've gotten pretty lucky with the weather. It's been a pretty mild winter, so they could have been a lot worse off. You're seeing lots of talks in the EU about lessening their dependence on Russian gas, of course, going big on renewables. Energy security is is really front and center, and discussion in Europe has very been a bunch about climate policies, but there's going to be efforts in the short term to ensure they have adequate natural gas storage. You're seeing lots of talk in Europe. During this transition period, there's still more that we could do to prevent these kind of flare-ups that happen when you're so dependent on imports, and especially from a, a source like Russia, who we know doesn't hesitate to use energy as a weapon. Where does American liquefied natural gas fit into all of this? And could it be an opportunity for it to grow in importance? We've already seen U.S. natural gas play an increasing role here for Europe. Russia was actually already pulling back some of its natural gas exports. And and as a result, you've seen U.S. LNG help backfill that. And yeah, we are expecting another export facility to come online this year. But right now, U.S. LNG exports are at full capacity. So there's really not a ton more in the short term that American natural gas 
you know, could play a role. But yeah, it's something we saw the Trump administration really promote. The Biden administration was kind of quiet about the role of USLNG for a while. It was somewhat of an awkward dance as they've trying to figure out how natural gas plays into the climate picture. But I think now that there is a crisis, I mean, you are seeing more of an acknowledgement from Biden that USLNG has a role to play. You're going to see an increasing role for USLNG going forward. Has the Biden administration made any other diplomatic moves to help alleviate Europe's energy situation? We saw President Biden in in his comments to the media Tuesday say that he is coordinating with oil producing countries and customers to blunt high gasoline prices. That's really his big concern. I've seen a pivoting lately in in recent days and including Tuesday where Biden is now, look, we've shored up Europe, brought in all these alternative supplies with the help of, of some allies of natural gas. So, you know, we should be okay. Europe should be okay this winter. But in the U.S., I have my own political issues with inflation and, and gasoline prices are a huge part of that. And we know that global oil prices are the biggest factor in setting that. And so, you know, we're seeing Biden is saying we, we've done a lot. You know, he's celebrating the pause on Nord Stream 2, taking some credit for that. But domestically, there's going to be some pain. He's been upfront about that. But maybe there's some more things we can do and that we are doing in concert with allies. So generally speaking, what sort of sanctions are the U.S. and other European countries putting on Russia? And do they specifically target the energy sector in any way? So, so far, the sanctions have not touched the energy sector directly. And and a lot of analysts we speak with are skeptical that you'd see a direct sanctioning on energy, just given because of that codependency, you know, it goes both ways. Russia, its biggest export product is oil and gas, and they're not a huge player in global trade other than that. But, you know, we are seeing, we're hearing that the private sector, U.S. refiners are preparing for that possibility in the worst case. Also, the Biden administration is aiming to get the Renewable Fuel Standard Program, quote, back on track in a transparent way after years of disputes over volume mandates and refinery waivers. That's what senior EPA official Sarah Dunham told the biofuels industry on Tuesday during a conference hosted by the Renewable Fuels Association. Dunham cautioned the agency will be constrained by the Clean Air Act that underpins the federal program, but also said that realigning the program toward a low-carbon fuel standard would be a, quote, big topic of conversation and comments in the future. For context, both the ethanol and oil industries are closely watching the policy direction set under the Biden administration for the future of the program. That program is now operating under the final year of minimum biofuel blending volumes that were set by Congress in 2007. Starting next year, EPA will determine those levels on its own, and the agency has set a December target for a final rule. Dunham's comments also come as the administration seeks to cut greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.